0: Today on Launchpad, we're here with Todd Soupy Campbell, and we're going to talk about sometimes it might be better to sell what goes in the pipe instead of the pipe, the only time in the history of the universe boobs are bad, and an easy way to lose a leg. Brad's told me that you've kind of been through all of it when it comes to business you've been through you've been through successful businesses you've been through businesses that have gone through hard times and you have just done a little bit of all of it and i've 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 been excited to talk to you about it
1: (laughs) i've uh i've done quite a few different types of businesses and uh um some have failed some have succeeded and and i'm still still uh working on it (laughs)
0: why don't you grab yourself a beer so what was your what was your first business What, what 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 got you started
1: oh wow um my first uh, business, I think, was right out of high school, <clears throat> and uh, we opened up cheers. a company Cheers, called Grandma's Country Flowers. Um, I knew a guy that sold um, flowers out of a van or a car on the side of the road. Uh, he had about five people that worked for him, and I used to work for him. Um, and a buddy and uh, and I got together and we decided we were going to make a bigger empire out of it.
0: The flower empire.
1: Yeah. So, um, we tried to, um, uh, sell to like fraternities, sororities for different events, uh, schools for different events. Uh, back then, you know, like, uh, the middle schools and elementary schools would have flowers for Valentine's day, stuff like that. And, um, so we tried to make it more into a corporate thing instead of just sitting on the side of the road and selling flowers. Um, and then of course, uh, for Valentine's day that we started the company right before Valentine's day, basing everything on Valentine's day. And we did sell quite a, you know, we sold quite a few, uh, but we just couldn't make it, you know, one of those things where there just wasn't enough demand for our product year round, And, uh, Buddy of mine from high school drew up a really nice. So, sl- would you
0: guys like go to get a storefront? How'd you how how you go about it? Like, what what was the steps there? You went from a van down by the river to
1: uh, basically out of my friend's garage, and nice. uh, but we thought if we advertised to different places that might need flowers uh-huh. on a regular basis, um, so our big thing was you know we, we we had to have a logo. So, a buddy of mine was an artist from high school. He drew a picture of a grandma uh, running with a a uh, dozen roses in her hand. Very cool. And that was our logo. And we called it grandma's country flowers. Cause we wanted it to be wholesome, you know, <laughs> of
0: course. Yeah. A bunch of high school kids wholesome.
1: Right. They're right. In
0: between joints.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, anyway, yeah, we just, you know, there wasn't enough demand for it and it kind of fizzled out. So, um, then a couple of years after that, uh, that same business, uh, you know, uh, Mike Atkins is his name. Uh-huh. He's a, a very good friend of mine. We've been friends ever since, uh, Uh, high school uh and if it tells you anything um when we were in english class together in high school the teacher literally put him in the far back corner and me in the far right left corner so you guys are bad news um, together. So we could be as far apart as possible <laughs> and still be in the same room. Yeah, we were kind of troublemakers. But uh, a few years after that. Um, what's the biggest we thing opened, you guys got
0: in trouble for in school?
1: Well, you know, we were too smart to get in trouble.
0: Uh, what's the biggest thing you should have gotten in trouble for?
1: Well, oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> so um, senior week, uh, the week, uh, the last week for seniors, uh, the seniors always pull all kinds of different pranks. Uh-huh. So, um, I used to, the, the same guy that sold, uh, the flowers on the side of the road, he also used to do fireworks during the 4th of July. And if you ever saw, they don't have them more cause now they rent out vacant buildings, but they used to have, this tents. is just a
0: side of the road business guy, right? Yeah, he is. And he's done quite <laughs> it, well it with, sold with his side of the, the road business. Yeah. This guy
1: sells it. He has done quite well. <laughs> uh, but he used to put tents up and I, I ran one of his tents and we actually slept there for the whole week prior to. I mean, we had to stay there and guard the inventory. So I was on the corner of Southport Road and and Madison Road. Uh, There was a a muffler shop, I think, there. And um, um, I just, I camped out there for a week. But anyway, it allowed me to collect a lot of, and back then it was all legal stuff. It wasn't, you know, um, the stuff that you can get now. It was mostly giant smoke bombs and screamers and stuff of that nature. So I had this huge. You mean to
0: tell me the fireworks are more intense now than they were then?
1: Well, back then you had to go to Tennessee to buy the what uh, they called the illegal stuff.
0: We, we had, I lived right next to Indian reservations. You could get whatever you wanted. Yeah, it was amazing. No, here
1: you you could get sparklers and smoke bombs, and yeah. that was about it. It was a big trip to Tennessee. They don't have the back get get the rooms the good here. Stuff.
0: So back home, we'd be like, you'd go up to the fireworks stand on the Indian reservation, you'd be like, take me to the back room. Oh, yeah, there you go. And yeah. then you go to the back room, and we tried that here, and they looked at us like, you need the bathroom? Like, what Where's? The, what do you mean the back room? We're like, the back room where all the good stuff is.
1: Right. They don't have that here.
0: <laughs> anyway, carry on. Sorry.
1: Okay, so um, I had a huge collection of all these fireworks. Mm-hmm. So one thing I noticed going through high school during senior week was a kid would pull out a pack of firecrackers and, mm-hmm. in the senior locker bay and light them, and, and sure enough, he'd get caught every time. And this is a true story, by the way. So, I said, I've got to be smarter than that. So, I had this huge collection of smoke bombs. I, t- I duct taped smoke bombs together and screamers um, to be about, I don't know, what radi- a small pizza. Basketball set. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was a huge. They were just all duct taped together. Then I, I, I said, okay, I've got to have a way to light this thing without getting caught. So, <laughs> I did a little bit of research. I went to Don's Guns and bought cannon fuse and i found out that you could time e- each inch of the cannon fuse was a certain amount of time uh-huh. it was designed that way so i wired the whole thing up and put a minute of cannon fuse on the end so i would have a minute you know 60 seconds to walk away so i take this thing out of my locker i put it on top of the lockers in the. i love the criminal bank. engineering like <laughs> this I light it, and and during senior week, all the teachers and even the principal would stand in a perimeter around the lockers to make sure nobody was getting away with any funny business. I literally walked over and stood next to my principal. I had the best alibi you could possibly have. And at first, it, the can of fuse was just making a little bit of smoke, and he kind of popped his head up and looked over, and he said, "Looks like it was a dud." And then all hell broke loose. <laughs> I mean, you could not see your hand in front of your face. There was so much smoke. And of course, nowadays, you know, I'd probably spend the rest of my in life prison. in jail for something you like would that. Be in prison, that was a terrorist. Today. Hopefully, the statute of limitations is, is <laughs> done on that because everybody knew I did it, but they could never prove it. You know. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, it was all harmless fun and, and, uh, the librarian came rushing, the library was directly across from the locker bay and she came rushing out screaming, you know, it's going to blow, it's going to blow. <laughs> and it was just, I mean, it was just smoke bombs is all it was, but, but, uh, it was, it, well, fantastic. it was pretty fun. So yeah, I was always too smart to, you know, to get caught.
0: That was, I was up until I wasn't. And then I wasn't, but the, um, yeah, my, my dad's advice growing up was, uh, do whatever you want, just don't get caught. If you get caught, you're in trouble. Right that means you're dumb enough to get caught. <laughs> yep, yeah, <laughs> no, that's all I care about. So, you know, that's the same boat. It, it's fun uh, talking to entrepreneurs. That there's they seem to teeter on. Uh, they seem to teeter on criminal. There's yeah. like a fine line between criminal and entrepreneur. <laughs> right.
1: Well, you know, I think it's just that uh, <laughs> that that um, um, creative mentality.
0: Yeah. What can I get away with? Where's the gray area? Sure. What can I do? Sure. With that? Absolutely. So we were, we left flowers and I sidetracked you. Then we moved on to uh, your, yeah, your so buddy. So about,
1: we're, you're in class. About about two years after the flower business. Um, and this is the same buddy that I used you know, the, that I did the flower business with, we decided to open a, it was a, it was downtown on mass Avenue and it was a kind of a knickknack slash art gallery. And, uh, everybody called me soupy and, every, and his name's Mike. Uh, and a lot of people call him Mikey, so I mixed our names together and came up with Yepakumois, and that's what we named the business. Sounds, now sounds Indian. In retrospect, we wanted, we, we, you know, back then Lollapalooza was really a big thing, and uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, we wanted it to sound interesting and different. But unfortunately for us, like Nuvo did a write up, and they said Yepi something's blah blah blah. It just wasn't a good name for uh, na- yeah, you be name able to recognition. It. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we sold like all these lessons. You're we, we sold, uh, you know, candle holders, um, incense, but then as we're going through all these, uh, uh ordering type magazines, um, we run across all this, I, I don't know, have any other way to put it, but it was a head shop material, pipes, water pipes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So the building that we rented was upstairs and in the front room, it was all the knickknacks, candle holders and, uh, uh, artsy type stuff. On the other side of the of the building was just empty space. So we made that into a local artist art gallery. Each month we would feature different local artists. And then the back room was just a small room, but we were like, let's sell pipes and stuff out of here. And of course that was our number one seller. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So, But uh, then the mall opened up, uh, the Circle Center Mall, and uh, all the business went down to the mall. A lot of people weren't shopping, and we were on the second floor of that building. Which probably didn't help us. There was no elevator; it was stairs. You need um, to start
0: selling what goes in the pipe. People yeah, go upstairs right, for that, right? Right. Yeah.
1: But um, tobacco. So that business went out of business as well.
0: <laughs> okay, so we're on we're on business number two,
1: and, and just and just to let you know, we did not sell a lot of local art, which was disappointing. <laughs> um. Uh, indianapolis i guess just isn't a big you know it's the same way with bands you know original bands it's, they just indianapolis just isn't the place to support that kind of thing you know i think it's changing a little I, bit well it's getting better i'm, I'm an optimist it's, in that it's, regard it's getting better than let's had that conversation
0: it, today with somebody about how the scene is uh slowly changing i feel like right when is. i moved here i'm it gonna is. say i was the catalyst it is that's getting not better. Even remotely true uh, but every all the scene for everything seems to be changing the craft beer scene maybe that's it people are drunker yeah, so people are, are buying our local
1: art they're digging they're <laughs> digging the local stuff more yeah
0: <laughs> um, but yeah across the board whether it be uh startups and uh, venture capital and all everything it seems to be moving in a positive direction in the I Midwest. would agree
1: I, I I think it's better now than it's ever been yeah definitely. but I've had a lot of friends that were in bands over the years and I've seen them struggle and you know it's just frustrating then you then you have cities like Seattle you know back in the 90s where anything original was like just people would flock to see it. And
0: yeah, that went the other direction, too. You know, like people were seeing all kinds of stuff that were like, wasn't even that great.
1: Right, right. <laughs> but so, there's some great original bands. There have been over the years oh, here in India, and there yeah. still, uh, still are. There's yeah, a lot.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I'm actually headed down to Nashville. Have you been to Nashville on the Strip? Uh, no, I have not. It's, it's a little touristy, but if you want to go to the most amazing live music scene I've ever been to, you just go from bar to bar, and the bands, they play for free. And there's a waiting list to be a band that plays in these bars that play for free. So they play for free and they pass around the tip jar. But it's the 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 most amazingly talented musicians, and it's one after the next after the next after the next. It's really cool. Yeah, I would. It's all bluegrass and Mm -hmm. and there's some rock, but it's it's a great it's a great scene. So I'll have to check that out for sure. So you went from flowers to a art slash head shop, head shop, basically. And uh, so you've gotten your ass kicked twice now. Yeah. What what's the next one? Well, we're we're learning along the way.
1: Okay. So, um, then I went into real estate and I began uh, my real estate career working for a private investor in town and, uh, he basically flipped, well, we were flipping houses before they called it flipping houses. They didn't even call it that back then. Your house flipping hipster. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I worked for him for quite a few years and then I went back to college, finished my degree.
0: Now what degree did you flip did you go in and actually rent out the houses or were you just we did what what is a – mowing the lawn and we,
1: we did a, a, a two-year rent to buy program ah. with, with most of the houses that that we did and so he would work the Marion County sheriff's sale and there's about uh, anywhere from three to six hundred houses every six weeks that go for through foreclosure so my job how learned, many? anywhere from three to 600 per week. Uh, no, every six weeks, every six weeks. Yep. Every six weeks they have the sheriff sale. That's still a lot or sounds like a lot. Well, if you consider how many houses are in Marion Marion County, County, it's not that many. Right. And, uh, that number fluctuates too. But, um, so my job was to drive around and look at all the houses on the list and see if we wanted to buy them or not?
0: See if there were homeless people living in them or not. Okay. Well, they weren't homeless at that point because because <laughs> they were in the home. Yeah, pre foreclosure, they're still fair. They're, okay. Now there
1: were times where we would some have nampics. to go and and tell people <laughs> they had to leave after the foreclosure. You know, when when we bought the house,
0: I was talking about more like it had been, you know, the homeless people had moved in.
1: Well, and that the, that ha- that 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 happened thing. some too. When um, I, I I branched off and did a few um, um, rent to owns uh, flip houses with my dad. And there were times where we had a vacant house, you know, for sale, for rent. And, um, I'd go over to check on the house and people had moved in. There were several <laughs> times that happened and just, I'd knock on the door and they they were just living there. Possession is nine tenths of the law. And I'm like, um, yeah, no, you don't live here.
0: <laughs> how did you, how did you handle that? You just call the sheriff and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's all you can do. I suppose. Yeah. I wouldn't try to handle that myself.
1: No, it wouldn't be,
0: it wouldn't be wise. wouldn't be wise. How'd that go? Good. Carry on, carry on. Sorry. I'm very distracted.
1: Okay. So, uh, so then I, I, um, um, well, I had a situation where I moved out of state. Uh, I got engaged and moved out of state. Oh, sorry. And so, um, uh, that, um, yeah, and it, it, it worked <laughs> out just about like that. Sorry. Sorry about your luck. Uh, so I, that's when I quit uh, working for the investor. And when I came back, I, I was like, yeah. You know, he said, well, I've already given your job to somebody else. You know, what can I do? So I said, well, geez, I didn't know what to do with myself, um, at that point. So that's when I went back to college, decided I was going to finish my degree. And that's when I went degree into, in. um, I got a degree in behavioral science, uh, but I had dropped out of IU many years before that. Um, IU was too, uh too fun for me to go to class. So <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it wasn't important to me at the time. A few years later, uh, when I moved out of state, I realized, you know, in state, I always had connections. I always knew people. Uh, I knew I would always have a good job. But all of a sudden, I was, you know, in a situation where I knew no one uh, except for my fiance, and that didn't really help me at all.
0: Yeah, Networking is very important. here. hear that, everybody out there? Networking is the most important part. Uh,
1: definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: It's not what you know. It's who you know. Then it's what you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when I moved back, I said, you know what? I, I'm ready to be serious about uh, college and get my degree. And part of that reason was both my brother and my sister were in college at the time, and they would send me over their papers that they had written, and I literally had to rewrite the papers. I'm a grammar Nazi, and... I was like, my brother and sister are both in college, and they're turning in papers like this. So does
0: the theirs bother you as much as it bothers me? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's like the worst thing ever. Yours and theirs.
1: My biggest one that I can't stand that I that I that I run into a lot, um, especially in rural areas. I seen that guy yesterday. That's my biggest one. That I seen
0: that guy. I yesterday.
1: seen that guy yesterday. Well, yeah. no, you saw that guy yesterday, or you have seen that guy some other time. But yeah, so that's yeah, that's rural
0: Indiana. That's I, a big I seen one that guy the other day is proper grammar.
1: Well, I guess <laughs> I don't know. I'm the, I'm the outsider there. Yeah. but that that's the one that really Head down
0: to Greenwood. Up. That is perfectly
1: acceptable. Yeah, well, that's where I'm from. Yeah, Center Grove. But um, <laughs> Great. somehow I learned to conjugate verbs. I'm not sure how that happened. Yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, <laughs> I so, so I went back heroin, to school, and so. then I, and then I had my real estate degree because of working with the investor. So I decided to go into residential real estate. And um, that's what I did. I and real estate put me through college. Well, and a uh, little help from my dad too. But uh, <laughs> thanks, Dad. And then just when I graduated from college is when um, my brother and I decided to uh, talk to some friends about opening a nightclub. And uh, so, 2002, we opened up the Ugly Monkey. And of course, uh, we had several partners, and all of us kept our day jobs at least at first. Um, and uh, we, you know, we we did well until we ran into some issues with the city. Um, the city owned the building that we we were. Was in. there a
0: premise to the Ugly Monkey, or was it? Where did the name come from?
1: Well, everybody asked that, and it's kind of funny. Originally, it was going to be called Soupies uh, because it was my, like a great name Because a it bar. was my idea, yeah. and it yeah, that's what everybody said. It's kind of a cool name. You know, it sounds like a bar. And, um, You're in my
0: um, calendar is soupy and that's all Brad put it in as, and I'm like, what is this guy like?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Does he drink a lot? <laughs> well, I used to, <laughs> not as much anymore, but, um, um, we brought some other partners uh, in on it and they were like, well, how come it gets to be named after him? And I'm, I'm an easygoing guy. So I said, you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't have to, you know, I, it was my idea and I thought it was a cool name for a bar, but you know, if, if it's going to be an issue, so Mike, would have been like, "Fuck you, Mike, uh, <laughs> our other partner." And, and once again, this is the same Mike that that, that I did Grandma's Country Flowers with. And I've same, seen a reoccurring theme. Same in, Mike in with businesses yep, that Kudin didn't voice. work out. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Uh, no, is it him? D- definitely not because of him. No, no, no. Definitely wasn't his fault. But um, uh, he said, "Well, I thought of a cool name for a bar." Apparently, he rented some movies one night and he rented monkey bone and um um coyote ugly and he yelled into his wife hey which one do you want to watch first and he mixed up the titles and this is what he says how he and he says ugly monkey that would be a good name for a bar and that's how he says he you know came up with that name but you know of course we threw threw out a couple of other names as well and we kind of bounced them off our friends you know and said uh you know, which one do you and It's a great name. Sure enough, everybody, you know, kept thinking the ugly monkey. And I thought it sticks in your brain. I was mainly the uh uh promotions and advertising and I thought I like that name the best because you can do so much with it. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you've got the word ugly, you've got monkeys you can play off of. And uh yeah, turns out it was a great name. And uh I came up I, I used uh, the logo factory and I worked with them for about three months to try to perfect they kept making the monkey too ugly. I was like if the monkey's that ugly, people are not going to come in the door. I, you know, I was like, it's got to be cute but ugly. And so finally, they came up with the logo that we ended up using. Cute but ugly, and uh, I've, then and,
0: I've taken that girl home.
1: And yeah, right. Yeah. And it was a cute but ugly monkey. You know, it was it was uh, uh, so so ugly that it was cute. But uh, <laughs> yep. yeah, and that, that's her. That worked for us for <laughs> you know several several years until we ran into the issues with the city, and uh, we decided to move from that location to. The location directly behind the Slippery Noodle, but all in all, I mean, it was you know mostly a successful business. We were open for ten years.
0: Now the Slippery Noodle—that's the oldest place in India, right? That's the, the oldest, oldest bar in, 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 Indiana. in
1: Indiana. In Indiana, yeah, they're a historic national landmark. Huh.
0: That's a way to keep your doors open. Yes, just get the city to be like you can never close.
1: Right? Yeah. It's <laughs> like how can we close? We're we're a historic we're a national we're a landmark.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, now the problem with what happened? What, what went awry?
1: Okay, so... um,
0: How long were you in business? How long was this going well?
1: Well, we uh, opened up in August of 2002. And then in October of 2003 is when our troubles began. And we were having a, um, as a lot of bars do, we were having a theme contest. Uh, our theme contest was schoolgirls. So we'd have girls dress up as schoolgirls. I like where your head's at. And dance on top of the bar, and then the guys would, you know, the crowd would would vote for, you know, clap and cheer for the one that they liked the best. And uh, of course, this you know this happens in a lot of places. Um, unfortunately, for us, um, in October of two thousand three. Um, Excise was in the building the night we had our grand finales for the contest and two of the girls flashed the crowd, their boobs. Uh, Now, I wasn't there at the time I was down in Alabama on some other business. Sorry. But um, um, so I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't even get to see the boobs that caused all the problem. Uh, Now, apparently the bouncers kicked the girls out of the contest. But Excise said that they were giving us a ticket for it anyway because they felt the DJ was egging them on. So uh, I knew this could be an issue because the city was technically our landlord um and um so when I got back to town I met with our attorney and uh we had a partner meeting and we came up with a list of things okay here's what we need to do you know we need to make sure this doesn't happen again because you know the city's our landlord and they're not going to like this so uh we so conservative we decided to uh yeah it was just because of some some naked you know Half, half naked girls. Um, but, um, what a shame. so I put together a bullet list with my attorney and we decided, okay, future, uh, contest. We're going to have an off duty. We'll hire an off duty police officer and they can s- supervise the contest. We'll let the contestants know they're not going to do anything in front of, a, you know, a policeman. Uh, so that way we can be sure that it won't happen. And we fired the DJ, uh, just to be on the safe side. And, um, Uh, Just a whole list of things. It sucks to be that guy. Yeah. 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 But, uh, well, there were some other issues. It wasn't just because of that incident, but uh, that incident probably didn't help. Um, But, um, uh, so I sent a certified letter to three different members uh, in the city government. Uh, And of course I didn't say, Hey, this is exactly what happened in the letter. I just said, Hey, we had an incident. We realize it's an issue and uh, we are, taking precautions to, um, you know, and I, I gave them the list. Was it best
0: to leave it open to imagination?
1: In um, hindsight? Oh, I don't think it really mattered. Really? Um, yeah. because, I like to paint a
0: picture of exactly what happened.
1: Because um, it was seven months before we heard a reply. I never heard, never got a phone call about the letters. Those I are the worst. Never got. Um,
0: like I ne- where you think it's blown over? Yeah. And then boom. Yeah, I her, mean I
1: never heard back loss, from anybody so I thought well everything's fine. Like, oh
0: it's a month before the statute of limitations on the lawsuit and then boom. Yeah, right. Like, God damn yep. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we I mean we were we were business as usual. We we uh, um kept to our guns and made sure that we followed that bullet list so that so that the issue you know of the girls getting out of hand did not happen again and it didn't happen again. And uh April of the next year Uh, It was the very end of April. It was about seven months later. Um, We get to the bar and and taped to the front door is an eviction notice. Over some boobs? And we open it up and it says that they are evicting us immediately and lease is null and void because uh, we allowed nudity. So, um, of course, we built a lot of that place ourselves. You know, we started on a shoestring budget. It's not like we could just... This is
0: seriously all that happened?
1: Yeah, yep. Yep.
0: That's it. That's it. Yep. Some girls trying to win a contest put you
1: out of business. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, but they didn't technically put us out of business because uh, we battled the city. We we called our attorneys, and, and we actually sued the city for wrongful eviction. And that's when the city went to the press, and it it hit the press, and it was a huge deal. And uh, we battled them for over a year. We spent almost $150,000 on attorney's fees. Damn. And we we stayed open until, uh, well, originally we sat down with the city. Uh, it was wouldn't have l- been cheaper to just move at that point. Well, In hindsight. We right, hindsight's yeah, always hindsight. twenty twenty. At the time, we did not realize it would cost so much, and our attorneys, you know, kind of led us to believe that it w- wouldn't cost that much.
0: Attorneys do that. Yeah, yeah, they really do. They don't like to they look like at the a, worst case scenario. It'll be it will be ten thousand dollars. And then a hundred thousand dollars later they're like, you know, we were just we were being conservative. Right. Like yeah. Yeah, I no, asshole. I wanna know how much it could cost, not yeah. what you think it sh- what you think you could get it done for.
1: Right. So um um, you know, when this all happened, um uh, uh, it started out with the attorneys, you know, their attorneys would send our attorney stuff and Oh, they and love forward. to write
0: letters back and forth.
1: So we decided oh, my okay God. we would have a meeting. So um my partners and my attorneys and the city and Browning Investments who managed Union Station for the city. So technically, Browning Investments was our landlord, but the city owns the building, so they get the last say. We all met in a room um, at the city county building in a conference room, and there was about 20 people all together. And uh, we sat down and said, well, here's, you know, we're doing everything we can to make sure this never happened again. We're, you know, they, they the city said, we want it in writing. We want the lease changed." So that if you ever do allow nudity again, um, we can kick you out right away. We said, you know what? That's fine. We'll do that. Everybody agreed. Meeting adjourned. So uh, the next day my attorney called me and he said, hey, I just got a call. He said, I'm literally working on changing the wording right now. I just got a call from the city. And now they're saying that they want it to be if you get any liquor violations at all that they can immediately kick you out. And, uh, basically what that, what you can compare that to is, okay, we're going to sell you a Ferrari, but if you even get a parking ticket, we're taking the Ferrari back and you still had to pay for the Ferrari. That's basically what that's an equivalent to. Cause we yeah. put, we put a lot of money into the, into the, into the, the fixtures in the building. Yeah. And that's why we fought to stay there. That's why we didn't just move. Um, we, we had put our investment into the place. And uh, so we couldn't agree to that because if you have a liquor license and you are open to the public, you are going to get a violation sooner or later. I mean, even, mm-hmm. uh, I haven't looked recently. But I can't even
0: imagine the stress of trying to be in business and having to worry about getting a single violation in that regard, I mean. Yeah. They just kind of come with the territory. You can't. They
1: just, right. It's like getting a speeding ticket. Or well, you're hiring
0: you, some bartender unless, that can get a violation on your behalf. Right. That's the other you thing, know, like, too. What we, are you supposed to do? We had
1: a large nightclub, you know, and on a normal night, we would have 20 people working, and any of those people could get a violation for us. Now, there's no way we could put our trust and faith into, you know, yeah. uh, That's insane. that not happening in order to sign something like that, saying, sure, we'll pack up and leave uh, the minute we get a single violation for anything. And, um, I mean, nobody, nobody, no smart business person would do that. No. So, uh, that's when it continued to go. And so we had a day in court. We all got up and testified and the city got up and testified and, um, it was, it was pretty ugly. Um, a few of the a few of the cities, uh, this
0: seems outrageous,
1: Well, like who's is
0: somebody on your team being a giant asshole? No, I don't think so. Huh. It just seems, it just seems absolutely outrageous.
1: Yeah. And like I said, at the meeting that we all had, we thought we had it sorted out. But then other people in the city came in and said, no, we have to change it. I guess it it is Indy. So. A little bit conservative here. It's 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 very conservative. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you have to remember too that there were two schools in the building at the time too, the Pacers Academy and <laughs> and the charter school. And of course, they didn't let us forget that there were two schools in the building. Of yeah, because they the, they weren't open at it's the same time. In a time. bar, so, right? You're they, in a fucking bar. I agree. Yeah, I mean, they weren't open the same time we were but you know that was their whole point was well there's two schools that's
0: i love the drunk driving argument i mean nobody should drink and drive but the drunk driving argument about like what if you hit a bunch of school kids well it's two o'clock in the morning right so So hopefully that won't happen yeah (laughs) i mean that might be a little extreme but uh yeah kind of the same like what i mean are the students in the
1: bar no
0: no god forbid
1: yeah Now, as a matter of fact, the entire 10 years we were open, we only had two underage violations. Mm -hmm. And uh, I could tell you that most of the bars uh, uh, in Indy uh, nightclubs such as ours have considerably more than that. Yeah, a uh, bar that shall remain nameless had an underage
0: person in the other night. I know for a
1: fact. Well, I'll even even go so far as to say that that they have more per year than we had in the 10 years we were open. (laughs) Uh, considerably more per year, but anyway, so you know, we felt like we ran a pretty tight ship, um, especially after the incident happened. You know, may have been a little too loose there going into that, but once it happened, we woke up and said, "Hey, you know, we have to make sure that that um, you know this kind of thing's not going on." And uh, that didn't help us. Yes, you know, they still uh, they still wanted us out. So when it went to court. Uh, we lost, of course it was a city judge. So we lost, uh, the court case. So we went back to the bar and started packing everything up and our, one of our attorneys called and said, no, 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 we're going to appeal this. And so, um, because, because when we lost in court, the, 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 the city actually shut it, you know, we were not allowed to open up the shitty city succeeded in shutting us down, or at least we couldn't open up in that location. Which means we couldn't open up. So uh, our attorneys went to the appellate court a few days later. And my brother and I went and, and uh, sat in the audience. Because that's all you can do at the appellate court. It's just the attorneys talking to the judges. And my favorite part, I mean, the, 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 the appellate judges were really giving it to the city attorneys. And one of them actually said, let me ask you this. Does the city hold the lease for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? and Ooh. And uh, the. Uh, oh, man, that's a good one. The city attorney said, no, I don't believe they do. And the pellet judge says, I guess not, because I guess you would have shut them down a long time ago, you know, over this issue of the boobs. Well, yeah. And. Uh,
0: Anybody listening, the, go Google pictures of the snake pit. Yeah. <laughs> from the Indy 500. It is undescribably debaucherous. Yeah, and you have to do that probably pre
1: 2007 because they started cracking down.
0: <laughs> uh, I hang out in Turn Two, uh, and I took a I just took a picture, like just picture of what's going on, not of any. I thought it was of nothing, of just a crowd of people. And then it was like a week later. I get the am going through the pictures on my phone, and I start. I see a fist fight in the picture. I'm like, holy shit! There's a fist fight. I zoom in on the fist fight, and in the corner there are two people making out in the grass. There's like this girl walking by in the tiniest bikini I've ever seen, like, like this. Like, there were two fights, people making out, and a girl half naked in this picture that I took of what I thought was nothing.
1: <laughs> and and they're they it was amazing. And this was, was just a
0: little tiny segment of. Of four hundred thousand people it's like a virtual where's Waldo yeah it's, it's just
1: see how many things you can find it, right? it's
0: amazing my dad came uh I was trying to describe it to my dad and my dad just came in May to visit and I took him to the 500 and he he's like holy shit you're right it's it, it there are no words to describe this
1: no I'll tell you what though it used to be a lot wi- yeah it used a lot to be a wilder. Lot wilder yeah but I'll tell you my favorite story from the Indianapolis 500, and I I've got and it. I've got a lot of stories. This is definitely one of my favorites. We're we're in the Snake Pit, and this is I can't tell you what year it was. I don't remember. Good. But uh, we're in the Snake Pit. This is back before they started cracking down. Um, but we're um, we <laughs> I like, we're, the, we're, we're, they we're like
0: in, that they've cracked down because every time I've been, it's been a fucking mad. Oh, I,
1: I just a couple years ago, I literally saw a girl get arrested for flashing the crowd. What? I saw cops come up and take her away. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This is the Indy 500. Come on. Uh, but anyway, so this was back. Or was before- she in the suites? No, no, this was in the infield. Huh? Anyway, carry on. Sorry. So we're in the snake pit and we're walking around, you know, I'm sure we were drunk. But uh, there's (laughs) a good chance there's a van with two girls sitting on top of it. okay? and these girls are on the back, you know, sitting with their legs draped over the the back of the van. And the crowd is around these girls and they're all chanting, show us your boobs, show us your boobs. And the girls are playing to the crowd and kind of, you know, teasing the crowd. And of course, that's working the crowd into more of a frenzy. And uh, I don't know, there's there's. 30 or 40 people now gathered around this van and, the, and these girls and finally the girls kind of look at each other and, and they got a hold of their shirts and they whip their shirts up to show their boobs and when that happens one of the girls legs falls off and falls onto the ground she had a fake leg I guess <laughs> so the crowd's reaction was the best part they were like yeah and they just kind of stopped because like it it just caught everybody off guard i think oh that's amazing but i was like that is that is the snake pit right there you know girl shows you her your boobs and her leg falls off that's fantastic.
0: <laughs> that's fantastic i don't i can't even remember all the good stories i have that one of the um the what was this last year was it this last year? See, I don't remember. They all blur together into one giant yeah, party. Yeah,
1: it, it kind of does.
0: And uh, we have this we have this Roadmaster station wagon we call the Deuce that we've cut the top off of. So it's a 1995 f- or 96 Roadmaster station wagon with the wood paneling on the side, the rear-facing seat in the back. And we've cut the top off of it. I'll we'll have to put a picture up. It's got two giant American flags on it. And we, dro- we drive it in every year. And uh, we always designate a driver, and that doesn't ever seem to go very well because the designated driver always ends up also getting really drunk. (laughs) Right. And, uh, we're without a driver, the race is over, the infield is clearing out and we don't, we don't have a plan uh, as to how to get it out. So I am just, I'm, I'm blacked out at this point, like browned out, I'd say. Um, and it's my idea that we should just light the car on fire because that would be the best <laughs>
1: That's your best exit. solution to the problem. Yeah, just We're going to light it walk on away. fire.
0: We're going to burn <laughs> it and we're going to walk out. And I I'm, I'm just picturing this this scene in my head of us all walking out together in this group as the car is burning behind us. Right. And uh, you know it, it'd be great in a movie. Kind of a
1: slow motion Reservoir yes,
0: Dogs look. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly with my sh- my jean short shorts on yeah. and no shirt and my yeah, there you go. Like it was uh it would have been absolutely epic. Uh, but I got I got wrestled down um, and they wouldn't let me do it, and I think we paid somebody that was sober that we didn't know to drive us out.
1: Well, it's it's not as a clim- much of a climactic game no. being, but it yeah you know, got you either way. You people be, were like, hey, "How are you going to explain
0: that? Isn't like that? Isn't that arson?" I'm like, "Well, one, my car. Two, look at it, it's a death trap. It, it, was, a, it was an electrical issue, of <laughs> right? Some sort. Right? Yeah. So didn't happen. Um, kind of glad in hindsight that it didn't happen, but I think it would have been pretty epic. Anyway, back to your bar. We're still we're in cords still.
1: Yeah. So, well, so the appellate, so that was the appellate hearing to allow us to stay open and the appellate court ruled that we could stay open until they had a chance to uh, do their thing, you know, to review it and come up with a ruling. So we remained open for a while longer, but in the meantime, we were uh, negotiating with the building. It used to be called tailgaters and we, uh, behind the slippery noodle on the West side of the slippery noodle and, uh, so we were, we had negotiated with them and we, we actually bought their bar and the building. And, uh, so then we went back to the city and said, okay, you know, we'll sign your lease, you know, that you want us to sign, but we want it in there that we can leave if we give you 30 days notice. And so they said, fine. So we signed it. And then I said, okay, here's 30, here's your 30, day, days, 30, notice. 30 days notice we're leaving. And then they begged us to stay. Of course, this was a year and a half later. Now, since that happened, and of course, this whole procedure, th- this whole ordeal, uh, gave me a heavy dose of politics. I mean, there were a lot of things that the city said that were not true that they said in the press. Of course, we're not allowed to go, you know, do anything. Uh, there's, um, uh, but once the press gets a hold of them. something
0: and publishes it, that's what it is, right? Sure, I sure. mean, it's, but the, the, there's
1: the, no defamation of character, there's no, none, mm-hmm. none of that stuff. You can't go against the city for that. Uh, now, there were a few reporters that were on our side that. Um, yeah, but nobody, wrote some really nobody nice likes stories. the good guys story. They
0: all like the, the meat. The, yeah, they, the, the right. blood the, and the, the meat. Yes, yeah. yeah.
1: City shuts down nightclub. Yeah. Right. That's what mainly made the headlines. And of course, that hurt our business because a lot of people thought we were closed when we were actually open. So, But anyway, so in the end, um, hmm. um, you know, we heard years later through uh, some pretty high up sources. That the city wanted that space for something and they were doing whatever they could just to get us out of there. And that makes more sense because it seemed like they were waging such a war over such a silly thing, especially when we had corrected it. And, you know, it's like, let's all just move on and, you know, learn from our mistake, move on, do business, and everybody's happy, but they just would never.
0: Well, what's there now?
1: Bartini's is there now.
0: Bartini's. Yep.
1: I don't spend much time at Bartini's. Yeah, that that was our old spot, hmm. um, and they still have our. There's a it's a fake wrought iron railing that goes around the deck. Uh, they still have, they've added on to it. They they've reinforced it with some wood, I think. But that was that's that's one of the last things that is still there from the ugly monkey. That was our fence around the deck. Nice.
0: What so? How'd the new location go?
1: Well, so the new location was not on Meridian Street. Um, it was definitely not the business that that we had in the other location, but we made it work for many years Um, until about 2009. That's when uh, the bad economy started hitting. I mean, it was hitting everybody, but it hit us worse because that's right. When I got started, we were further away from all the other bars. And then if that's not bad enough, but they started opening new bars. So you've got a saturated market. Yeah. I mean, how many bars do you have downtown now? And there's a
0: shitload right now. Yeah. i drove down there the other day. I was down there for a meeting and there's, I think, I thought I think I saw four or five new ones opening up.
1: See, when we first opened up the ugly monkey, if you were gonna go to South Meridian Street Oh, sorry. So rude. I forgot to shut my phone off. When when um um if you were gonna go to South Meridian Street to a dance club, you're either gonna go to Have a Nice Day, uh Tiki Bob's, uh Icon Jonesy's or the Bunky. You know, basically four. Now there's like, you know, twenty different bars to go to uh, Kilroys wasn't there. How the Moon wasn't there. Um, Bartini's and Cadillac Ranch definitely weren't there because that's where we were. Um, you know, just a lot of a lot. You know, Taps and Dolls wasn't there. Um, just a ton of new bars. Now, also during that time in 2009, less people. You know, because of the bad economy, people less people were coming downtown. So that's when places like uh, the Mucky Duck, uh, places in the suburbs, started getting popular. Uh, because people didn't want to drive all the way downtown and pay for parking and pay for cover, when they could just stay close to home. Because you know most business from down that goes downtown is from the south side. Um, I'd say it's probably fifty percent south side and fifty percent all the other sides. It's like a
0: melting pot. Yeah. Of Indianapolis.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But uh, the other thing that I noticed, too, in the first couple of years that we, we were open uh, in the new location was that we would get a lot of people from Muncie, a lot of people from, you know, further out. But then those people weren't coming because who had money for gas? You know, we were in the middle of a recession. So uh, it was kind of a perfect storm um, of, of, you know, how to put a place out of business. And there were, you know, have a nice day, close down. Tiki Bob's was going to close, but then uh, uh the Jason's, uh bought bought it and resurrected it, but the company you know the the yeah, uh, that owned it was ready to shut it down uh so you know it's a bad economy if places like that are closing down so um we tried to tough it out and tried to make it to the Super Bowl, uh, which we made it to the Super Bowl Of course, that didn't bring in the money that the city promised it would, not even close, not even nearly close um but after the super bowl was over we said ah, I think it's probably You made it out. a ways then cuz that's when I moved here. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. So we were open 10 years. We 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 uh we we opened in 2002 and closed in 2012. Damn. We were we closed in like June or July, so we were just a couple months short of 10 years. Um, but um you know, we finally decided to sell it and and uh when when, when a business is not making you money anymore, it's time to do something else.
0: <laughs> Maybe I should do something else. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, I'm just joking. On anything else.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's, that's really it. So, you know, I was a real estate agent, uh, the entire time. We, Like I said, when we had the monkey open, we all kept our day jobs. Of course, I put a lot of my time into the bar. Um, so, My real estate business was a little bit neglected at the time, unless I had a client, and then I, you know, made sure to take care of them. But I wasn't, I was advertising the bar. I wasn't really advertising myself. Mm -hmm. So when we closed the bar, I said, well, um, I love real estate, and um, I've always really enjoyed it. And so I decided to go back into that full time and actually advertise myself instead of advertising the bar. And uh, it's been going very well. Awesome. Been with Keller Williams since July of 2012. And uh, it's a great company. It's a great real estate company.
0: They specialize in residential.
1: I specialize in residential. Yep.
0: And what, what area, what region?
1: Well, I don't do any area. Um, area? My office is in Carmel. I'm from center Grove. So I do most of my business on the North and South side um, because uh, um, um, that's where um, I'm at, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. And that's where I know the most people. Uh, But I don't ever turn down business. Uh, I, I, I think in today's information age, you know, the, the days of an agent being an expert on a certain neighborhood or a certain area are kind of obsolete because if somebody calls me and says, Hey, I'm interested in a house in this area. Can you tell me a little bit about the area? I say, well, um, let, let me, me
0: consult Google.
1: Yeah. Let me call you back in <laughs> half an hour. And, and well, tell and that's you all about it. And that's the other thing is uh, clients are more informed. You know, they, they, it used to be that somebody would call me and say, "Hey, I want, I want a three-bedroom house uh, in Center Grove schools, uh, up to 175,000. Uh, can you send me some listings?" And now the way it works is, somebody calls me and says, "Hey, I have like eight houses that I found online. I'd like to go see. Can you set up showings for those houses?" Yeah, they do. They do a lot of the work now because you know, 93% of uh, home searches. When people decide they're going to buy a house, 93% of them start their search online because everything is available. I mean, I remember the days when uh, the MLS system, the multiple listing service, uh, you had one picture. You had the they, they would drive by and take a picture of the front of the house. And this wasn't that long ago. Uh, and um, that was the picture that people had to go on. And so you actually went out and looked at it. Now you've got, you know.
0: Do you, are, I mean, are you closing deals faster because of it?
1: Well, I think so cuz it takes a lot. It, I I'm working less on a lot of the stuff that people are doing themselves now. Um so I'm able to handle more clients than I used to be able to. Um and um now of course it's still, you know, it's still a tricky job. I'm I'm constantly putting out fires and problem solving, but it's just different than it used to be. It's just in a different way, I think. Nice.
0: That's very cool. And so you've been doing that since Damn near out of school.
1: Almost out of high school, yeah. Oh. I, I I've been a broker um since nineteen ninety eight.
0: Yeah. I uh I am trying to purchase my home, but because I own my own business and my business has lost millions of dollars. Um
1: jeez. Sorry. I thought I shut it off.
0: <laughs> rudest guest yet. Yep. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um I I can't. I can't. <laughs> so I had to have my lead investor buy the house, and then it's a little uh, bit tougher to him. get a
1: mortgage now. They went from one extreme to the other. You know, back uh, when the recession hit, I'd honestly it,
0: prefer it this way. Uh, a mean, lot of it was I'll because be honest, they but. were
1: they were giving out loans. they're like, "Oh, you want you want to borrow one hundred and ten percent of the value? Sure, no Perfect. problem. Yeah." And they realized, oh, you know what? That's that's not a good idea.
0: Yeah, Kevin Trudeau type. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's. I think didn't he go to jail? I think a few of those guys did for so. for their their get rich programs yeah. that they were advertising. Yep, yep, get my six CD set and yeah. be rich tomorrow.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I don't the, think so that, that didn't work anybody. out well. And but then then they went to the other extreme, and now it's very difficult to get a mortgage, and they're not even allowed to do like they used to have the high risk loans. You know, okay, you come in, you got a, like a credit score is like five fifty. So they would let a high risk lender charge you more interest to, to do that loan. And they, they don't only allow that anymore. So you literally, I mean, if you don't have a six twenty credit, you're, you can't get qualified anywhere.
0: I have damn near an 800 credit score and still doesn't matter.
1: Well, your credit's good, but your debt to income ratio debt-to-income is not, yeah.
0: a, it's just,
1: that's yeah. what's messing you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's pretty fantastic. I guess. So my mortgage broker said I missed it by, uh, by by thirty days, they changed a, uh, a, the thing in the law or yeah, whatever. Yep. And because and they've been doing
1: that a lot lately, yeah. FHA just came out with like a hundred new rules yeah. uh, a couple of months ago.
0: No, I, I had my. Uh, so I went in and I I I, uh, I had my my dad was going to co sign on the loan, and I figured that they just had to cover the. The, the note on the house mm-hmm. because that makes sense right right no they got to cover the debt of the business yeah <laughs> and my dad's like no you're, you're kind of screwed kid and uh <laughs> so i got my lead investor to co-sign and i get a phone call he said your lead investor has he's we're good on all fronts but 30 days they just implemented this new law or, or rule and because he's not your family you have to come up with 25 of the down payment
1: Oh, yeah. Yep.
0: And I'm like, I don't have 25% of the Who does? Payment. Yeah. I live in the basement and have a roommate <laughs> upstairs. Right. I, you know, <laughs> I'm just trying to lower my rent payment here. Yeah. Come on. Yep. So, no, it's, uh, I guess it's better that way, though. It'll be better for the economy to, to make it harder to buy a house. Than well, it, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, pros and cons. Why can't we just find the middle ground? Well, and that's, you know, it's starting to get a little, b- they're loosening up now. They are loosening up. So, it is getting, you know, better. And that's where we need to be is in the middle, you yeah. know. But keep in mind that the more they loosen up and the better the economy gets, interest rates are going to climb up. I mean, they're really low. Well, and they have been low. The The Fed is keeping them artificially low to try to boost the economy. And um, because in a better economy that the interest rates go up.
0: How do you feel about that in general?
1: Well, uh, the
0: federal government messing with pricing like our gas prices are the lowest in the world. Right. Because it's subsidized.
1: I mean there's always going to be pros and cons to it, you know. Uh, I mean I anytime, any time any any time well the pros are that more people can buy a home because the interest rates are low. Okay.
0: But the money's coming from somewhere.
1: Well, the banks are just not making as much off of the interest. Then where is it subsidized? Well, it's not necessarily subsidized. The the Fed decides what the rates are going to be. And so I don't like that. Um Mm-mm. The, they're keeping them low so that you know more people can buy hmm.
0: i mean let's take advantage of it while it's there
1: yeah <laughs> i i would i would i would uh recommend anybody out there uh if you're gonna buy a house in the next few years do it soon because rates will go up and it makes i mean interest rates well we're in the 80s difference. like
0: interest rates, like 12 percent,
1: even higher they got up to around 17 percent in the 80s Shit. yeah that's you, so much could, money if you could imagine uh, 17% then and right now uh, below 4% wow So that's it's, absolutely bonkers they're, they're practically giving houses away
0: so don't get a what it's, there's a fixed what's the other one called
1: oh you don't want an adjustable adjustable rate, rate. you, you want, don't want an adjustable you want rate. A fixed rate <laughs> yeah. <mortgage>. yeah exactly <laughs> how and, we doing on time and bud? get a 15 year if you can because then the rate's even lower yeah we got about three minutes from your heart out
0: nice it's perfect is there anything else? What what else should we know? What have you what is the most valuable lesson you've learned in all of the stuff you've gone through?
1: Well, I've learned that everyone
0: wanted somebody else to know something.
1: Every business that you do or every job that you have, you can branch that out to and and they're all connected. So, uh, you know, I spent 10 years in the bar business and a lot of people were like, "Oh man, are you disappointed?" You know, that it, I mean, technically it it did fail because we closed down but now I'm finding that in my real estate business those connections that I made are gold you know so 10 years of building connections
0: this this whole show and I didn't say it earlier but the 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 whole this whole show the the premise of the show is really to talk about the failures because the failures are the keys to the success sure sure always I mean if in I've had some of the most amazing times I've had is is failing at something Yep. And when I fail at something, I learn how to not do it the next time. I'll I tell you what, about. if I
1: opened up a bar tomorrow, I guarantee you it'd be more successful than the last one because I learned everything not to do.
0: Yeah. The Thomas Edison rule, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I I took, I know a thousand ways to not make a light bulb right. work. Yep. Exactly.
1: Know? Yeah. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah. So no, uh, so keep at it. And, uh,
1: but I would say no all. matter what you do, make sure you keep good connections with people because that's what all makes back to any networking. business work. Yep.
0: All back to networking. I just I just hired a guy that didn't I didn't even read his resume. I just I mean through networking and through working with him, he's mm-hmm. always been nice. He's always been cordial every time I've talked to him. And uh, I had a whole stack of resumes, and I'm not even going to hold interviews. It's awesome. Yeah. And I think he's going to kill it. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, I'll see now see it just, wasn't just me it wasn't just me. at least it isn't ringing <laughs> at
1: least it's not randy newman did i hear you've got a friend in need yeah, on did. one of them well that's yeah, my that's did. my friend and so and so uh
0: does he always need something is he, it mike again he calls
1: me and he always needs something <laughs> no that wasn't mike that was party man ed <laughs> party man ed yep that's everybody er, I, I give everybody nicknames and they and my nicknames always i figure if i gotta have the nickname of Soupy. Everybody gets one. So now did you prefer soupy or was it just your last name? They're like, well, soupy. Well, it was high You're school. You're just it was destined high, to be soupy high school football. Uh, my freshman year, the coach had us put, uh, um, the white tape across our helmet and black magic marker, our last name so that he could get to know all the players when we came up from middle school. And he just started calling me Campbell soup, Campbell soup, get over here. Campbell soup. You didn't block Campbell soup, this and that. And, uh, it just kind of caught on, and literally by the time I was a senior in high school, even my principal called me Soupy. It was just one of those things where I wasn't going to get rid of it no matter what I what I tried. So no, it's great.
0: You it's can't, great beat em, can't beat them. Can't beat
1: them. Join them. It so totally. It I've totally always been Soupy.
0: Remem- rememberable. It sticks in your brain. Yeah, so it's great. Yeah. I uh, I haven't had a, a solid nickname ever stick, other than people call me by my last name. Mm. I've got a bunch of people call me a lot of things but
1: <laughs> I'll bet I'll bet they do <laughs> yeah, they absolutely do
0: well um I have a hard stop which is unusual um I have to go uh I have a go hang out with the eating champion of the world
1: nice yeah
0: he's in town for the we're already hanging out shrimp bagu- <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What, what's for
1: dinner yeah <laughs> uh
0: no Joey Chestnut is down oh. at the Brass Flamingo yeah very cool so I'm gonna go do that I haven't seen him in a year so it's uh it's gonna be good
1: all right yeah
0: it's a pleasure having you on.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah.